Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When should MJF win the AEW World Championship? I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by Pete Chopper, Pete Quinnell, and your Jam That Champion Tempest. We are the Blackpool Content Club in full form. Wow. Wow. Look at us go. Who would have first fun. time? Yeah. Look at like us. Three weeks. And it still nearly didn't happen. We've had too, <laughs> ma- too much stuff happening today. Yeah. We did. It was a point where I was like, I think it might just be me and Pete recording this episode. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> not because you were, not because it's like, you know, you took some hours back after doing Quizlemania or anything like that. But it was just like, man, there's a lot on today. It's like, <laughs> maybe we need to do this later. And it was just like, there's a lot to be recorded today. Yeah. So maybe it would just be me and Pete. Might just be me and Tempest. Who knows? But either way, Claudio Castagnoli has finally joined us here for the Blackpool Content Club. <laughs> so we decided we've, we've made you Claudio because. Uh, well, Moxley, champion, mm-hmm. Danielson, the favourite, and uh, you, we made you Claudio because he's part of Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> like, not I don't I haven't really seen him as part of that group. I am offended <laughs> by all of this. I mean, I'll, I'll take being one of the best wrestlers in the world. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, though I don't have a title anymore. No, you don't, do you? You lost it to Chris Jericho, you oh, big loser. Oh, I hate that so much more as well. Who would have thunk? I mean, I, I, I mean, I said this in the Dynamite review yesterday, but I thunk. Did you? Yeah, the second that Jericho said on commentary on Rampage a couple of weeks ago, do you know I've never won the ROH Championship? I was like, I bet you he's gone to Tony Khan and said, <laughs> do you know I've never won the ROH I Championship? I should probably do that. At some I, point. I had a very similar thought, but I was like, as soon as he said the Ocho, I was like, I think he's going to trademark that, mm-hmm. which means yeah. it's not going away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, yeah, they were the, rambling the on about bit. that on commentary as well, like yeah. the Ocho as well. And then, because yeah. I'm not an American, I don't know what the Ocho is. <laughs> <laughs> have you not seen Dodgeball? Well, that's the only reference I have for it is Dodgeball. I, but like, even then, it's just it's the name of a sports channel. Like, not a, it's not just, like a real sports channel. You know, I know, I ESPN, ESPN eight, the Ocho is not a real. That's thing, what I figured. But, but I just thought I like just it's to, a silly word that they say. I just need to. It's Spanish. Ocho means eight. Okay, well, that's, I, don't, that's it. I don't know that. <laughs> wow. It's just funny to me that you said, I'm not American, I don't know, and it's a Spanish word. It just feels like a really American thing. <laughs> but yeah, now that I know that it is a Spanish thing, it feels very much like a Spanish thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
We talked about. Is it me and you that talked about this recently? It was when we were doing a twenty-five dollar uh, pledge hammer shadow. We got that mm. once in Spanish, mm. and I just said on that show, "Is like I didn't meet a Spanish person until Denise Salcedo." So no, no, no. <laughs> it was that you couldn't pronounce Del Hijo del Vikingo. That was it. It was El on Hijo this episode Vikingo. last yeah. week, and I was like, "I've never met a Spanish person until Denise." So like, yeah. I I never I never Spanish speaking or Spanish speaking. Yeah, yeah. I never knew one at school. Never knew one at mm -hmm. university. Never worked with with one. So like. I, I've never had to say words in Spanish mm -hmm. before, as opposed to like, you know, cerveza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cerveza, por favor. Yeah. La cuenta, por favor. Yeah. Like that much I can do. If I go to the Costa del Sol, I can get by. A level Spanish, this guy over here. I was going to say, you big oh, nerd. Oh, it smashed it, mate. German and. I was about to say German and French. German, <laughs> grand. I All can good. really get by with that. French, yeah. not so much because I did it for one year and year nine because we were made to. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I remember from French class is my French teacher going, pourquoi? Pourquoi? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and uh, à, la, à la piscine, which is swimming pool, because we thought it, piscine was really funny. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's year nine and we're like 13, 14 years old and that's very funny. Of course it is. No, I, I just had best friends growing up that were always Spanish-speaking friends. Yeah. So I just kind of picked up a lot of it. I did not retain nearly as much French, despite learning <laughs> French in school in Canada. Yeah. I was going to say, I would have thought that's quite heavy in Canada as well. Yeah, I mean, yes and no. You can be put into, like, French immersion, where all of your schooling is done in French, so that you're just kind of you know, force taught that second language. And of course, Quebec is all French. Yeah. But if you're just kind of not really into it and everything, yeah, the yeah. amount of French that you are taught in school is very minimal. So a lot of my knowledge of Canada is what's been told to me by WWE, mm. which is that <laughs> there are wrestlers from Canada, mm -hmm. which means they're all in the same area. Yes. And it's just Canada. Yeah, well, so it's hard to Kevin, find Canada tucked Ke all the way down there. Kevin Owens is exactly the same as Jericho. Mm -hmm. He's exactly the same as... Owen Hart yes. and Brett. All you Canadians. So if mm -hmm. one of them speaks French, I just presume the rest of them do as well. In all fairness, it is exactly the same as saying that William Regal is the same as Drew McIntyre. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, th I think all Americans are the same. Yes, exactly, yeah. yes. And and Cardiff, Wales is Drew McIntyre's hometown. <laughs> <laughs> the more egregious one was Seamus. Seamus <laughs> <laughs> in his home, I guess, continent. Uh, uh, kind of sort of geographical location-ish. Yeah, he's, he's close to Wales, I guess. <laughs> yeah. part of the UK. <laughs> But anyway, we're not here to talk about my lack of Spanish knowledge. <laughs> yeah, my lack of Spanish knowledge, my lack of Canadian knowledge. No, I've been there. My lack of... Oh, I've been to Spain. We're here to talk about MJF. Mm. Because I, my big wild prediction for Grand Slam, the Arthur Ashe show, was that MJF would walk out of that the world heavyweight champion. Because yeah. he said in his promo that, hey, I've got this chip, which means I can get a title shot whenever I want. And I just thought, oh, maybe it's like a money in the bank cashing thing. Maybe he'll come out and say like, and now I'm cashing in my chip and I'm going to have my match with whoever the winner was right now and we will have the match there. But they kind of removed that red herring a little bit because they just showed MJF in full suit miles away from the mm -hmm. uh, from the ring and stuff. And I was like, okay, I guess he's not, yeah. not mm -hmm. doing it tonight then. So the question then becomes is, when do you do it? Because we've just crowned Moxley as our AEW world champion, break glass in case of emergency. Mm -hmm. But... MJF surely is the next AEW world champion, I would presume. Mm -hmm. So 
uh, Pete, I'll ask you first. Mm -hmm. When when do you think it'll happen? Is it full gear? Is it before? Is it after? Full gear. I think that makes the most sense to me. Um, I think that you could do it sooner, but I think from a business perspective, TK will wait for full gear to do with the big match of MGF versus Mox there. Um, he could do it. I, he might make some dynamite special and, you know, call it fight by the light or something like that, <laughs> whatever. And it, and it'll just make it and then it'll do. And this one is the one where MGF does his thing. Um, <clears throat> Cause that will pop a rating. Um, I think the time that MJF should do it is at Grand Slam, and now that's passed, so I guess he's not doing that. There is a show in two weeks' time, I think it's in two weeks' time, that's in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. So mm. it's in Moxley's, like, back garden, yeah, yeah, yeah. and... You know MJF beating Punk in Chicago and like the the, the heat that that would draw. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's possibly an argument you could take to do it then, but like my only like reservation of doing then is like, oh, it's only a, that's another short reign there mm -hmm. for for old Mister Moxley. I feel like this is a larger problem with Moxley winning the title. Yeah, exactly. is it kind of just goes okay? So MJF is beating him when he when he does that thing then. Whereas if it went with Danielson. You'd still probably expect MJF to cash in to win, but there is that little bit of unexpected, like, but it is Danielson's first title reign. Maybe they'll give him more. They can change plans, you know, stuff like that. Whereas I think now that they've gone with Mox as the champion, you go, okay, he's he's the backup guy. It's him again. Yeah. God, it sucks to, like, label him as that. Right. But it sort of does. That's why I thought Danielson should have won. Yeah. Because it makes Mox feel like he's just the backup guy. The, I mean, I literally wrote in my notes, as I said this on the Dynamite Review yesterday, all reliable john moxley mm -hmm. uh tempest what say you it's it's difficult i've got a lot of different thoughts about this whole situation i also think that we could do this at full gear i think a big pay-per-view match is uh would be a good thing i don't quite know who the first challenger for mjf would be unless you just go right back to moxley if mjf were to win the title beforehand in such a short period of time there and from all Out 2 Full Gear is one of their shorter pay-per-view cycles. Like, yeah, it's, it's only two months. Yeah, it's end of November, isn't it? It's yeah. the beginning of November, usually. Yeah. No, this one's the end of November, I think. Oh, okay. Either way, I'll, I'll quit comparatively that, speaking, yeah. it's shorter than, like, Full Gear until Revolution, when it's, like, three and a half months, sometimes four months between pay-per-views. But... I think you could do it at that show. That makes the most sense to me. I think you can set it up months ahead of time. We were all kind of talking about this because we were like, oh, well, we think Danielson's going to win, but maybe that's a red herring. Maybe the John Moxley interactions with MJF has been the red herring to throw you off of Danielson winning. And so I don't have a problem with Moxley winning. I thought Danielson would be really cool to win the title in Arthur Ashe, and that would be a really big moment, and then Moxley can go on the vacation he was supposed to have and all that. That being said, I'm trying to look at this a little bit like more positively, because again, this whole situation, none of this has gone to plan, and I don't really want to blame the people involved for where we are other than just you could have gotten things under control a little bit and prevented things from happening. It's been a rough year. For it's AEW. been a rough year, but I like that they are kind of pushing the idea that John Moxley is just the ace. Yeah. He is the top guy, the best wrestler in AEW. And 
yeah, he's just going to win more of these matches. And I think the turnaround of this and ultimately the shorter length of his interim championship reign coupled now with this does kind of give him that break glass in case of emergency feel a little bit. But I just more like to look at it in a way that he is their go-to guy. He is reliable because he's the best as opposed to, well, he's the backup to what the original plan was. Even though we know that kind of is the case, yeah. I'm trying to look at it more positively than that. Because I agree with Pete. I think, ultimately, this MJF title win should have happened at Grand Slam beating Punk. But we couldn't have that, right? I think that reign for Punk would have ended a Grand Slam against MJF, and it would have been a great full-circle story there that would have been the best storyline of the year in 2022. But we didn't have that. And now, because we had to do this little tournament, we then lost that opportunity to have the big crowning moment in New York. And now what's the next best thing? What's the next big show that we've got? The next big show is Full Gear. So I think you do it then. Yeah, I mean, I quite like the idea of doing it in the that Ohio show just because mm-hmm. it's you, for that, you know, that local town heat, brother. But I also, I don't want Mox to have that short reign, but also Full Gear. I just double checked then. We'll split the difference. It's middle of November. It's November mm-hmm. 19th. Fair. I think it's like 19th and the 20th because they're doing a two-night thing. It's like Rampage is a special show. Mm. And then... Right on the Saturday, it's full gear. Mm-hmm. It's like an extra special version of Rampage. Sure. Which I think, this feels to me like this is Tony experimenting to not have 15 matches on a pay-per-view card. God, I hope so. By just having 15 matches across a two-hour show and then a four-hour show. I don't know if that's true. I think, just, <laughs> I think he's just going to make more matches. It's yeah. a way for him to have a 22-match card. Exactly. <laughs> now you get it. So, but like, middle of November, Mox has had such a great year mm. in AEW. Wrestler yeah. of the year to me. Yeah, and uh, so good. We, I think we talked about this at great length. He's going to get so many nominations in our end of year mm-hmm. awards. Mm-hmm. I'm fully expecting him to win Wrestler of the Year in yep. the Wrestle Podcast Awards. I'm trying to think who could possibly knock him off that position. Depends if there's like just people voting for Roman for being champion mm-hmm. all year. I, but I, I guess think the so, work yeah. Moxley's done greatly surpasses that. I, I completely agree. Like I think within AEW all the names that would have possibly knocked him off that, like a Danielson or an Omega, have all been taken off, and Punk, actually, have all been taken off because of injury. Like, Moxley's been there the entire year. Mm. And actually, MJF will probably be taken off because of, you know, the massive amount of time he missed between Double or Nothing and All Out. I Mm. think that MJF could, uh, if he wins the title at full gear, I think recency bias will make people vote for MJF for wrestler of the year. Yeah. And to be fair, there is still an argument for MJF to, to be wrestler of the year. With his feud with Punk, and then coming back and winning the title, like those are two big, like marquee things for MJF in this year. And the build-up for it, despite the match itself, the build-up for his Wardlow match, mm. a double or nothing, yeah. was really, really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunately the there was too much backstage drama yeah. around the match itself that sort of took away from that punctuation. Like the yeah, punctuation. Uh, <laughs> the uh, and like his his pipe bomb promo after the the, yeah, the Wardlow great, match. Yeah. Stuff like, like he's had really big marquee stuff yeah. through the year. It's just whether that is enough for people. Because yeah. I think he's probably had more huge marquee moments than Moxley has, but Moxley has been consistently great. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. Yeah. The only other one I could think of might have been Eddie Kingston, but I think mm-hmm. the handling of Kingston post Jericho. Yeah, yeah. And actually during a lot of the Jericho feud as well. Like I thought it was perfect <laughs> up until Blood and Guts, and then it sort of started to fall off a cliff a little bit. Yeah. So the whole thing should have ended at Blood and Guts. Yeah. Like, I, I keep getting been. frustrated that Blood and Guts is not being used as the blow off match of any oh of these God, feuds. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, here's the big match, and then we're just going to slowly peter off for yeah. the rest. 
the show. It's like using Hell in the Cell as the second match of yes. a trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, it's yes. very frustrating to me. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I think we're going to end up with a situation where John Moxley will end up being wrestler of the year. And like he made that interim title feel like an actual big deal, which mm. I think is, is hugely commendable because mm. the interim title gimmick hasn't sold everyone. I think there are people, and I, I don't think it's helped that AEW have had three of them this year because you had the TNT one, and mm -hmm. now we've got the women's one and the world title one. So it's been a rough year for them on that one. But he made the interim title feel like something. And so it kind of then sucked when he just lost it back to Punk uh, at All Out. You're sure he got like the two and a half minute win in uh, on the, the Dynamite a couple of weeks beforehand, mm -hmm. but he just lost it at All Out. And then it was just won it back again because he's then going to lose it to MJF. It's actually. I was talking to Ollie about this on WrestleTalk Extra, which will be out next week for Patreon backers. The Rock in 2000 was, and I bring up the year 2001 because I'm watching all the Raws from 2000 currently as my like little side project. Um, he is a guy that the company never treated with the respect that he'd earned. I fully believe. When you go back and watch Raw and the pay-per-views in that period, there is no one more over than The Rock mm. in that period of time. Yet the company was like, no, nah, but Triple H is our guy. Like, Triple H is the guy that we're pushing. He's going to be the champion. So Rock mm. doesn't win the title until April, when he really should have won it at WrestleMania because yeah. he was the guy. And even then, like, Rock, he didn't win the Royal Rumble. Big Show won the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. And then Big Show beats him at No Way Out. But yet Rock still gets the WrestleMania match, which he then doesn't win. And he wins it at Backlash, but loses it a month later to Triple H. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and look at those scores for that, Rock doesn't pin Triple H a lot. It's all DQs and countouts and stuff, whereas Triple H pins him a whole bunch. And then Rock wins it at King of the Ring a month later by pinning Vince McMahon, not by pinning Triple H. And then Rock's run with the Bells, the top baby face, is him being the third most important thing on the show. Because mm -hmm. he's overshadowed by... He's, yeah. Exactly. It's like, I'm defending against Chris Benoit, but there's bigger matches underneath me. Because uh, Triple H has got his big storyline with Chris Jericho, like that becomes the new top story, and then Triple H moves into the big storyline with Kurt Angle, that becomes the new big story. So even when Triple H wasn't champion, he was the top guy, and then The Rock just loses it to Kurt Angle, and then that's kind of it. And then he wins it back in February, and then loses it to Steve Austin uh, in two thousand one, and then that's sort of it. Mm -hmm. Like that was The Rock's big babyface run in the company, and he never got that run that he should have had with the belt. And I've got this real worry with Moxley that he's going to, we're going to look back on this time and be like, that's the same thing that's happened here. Mm -hmm. He's the most over guy, but he was never given that run with the belt because there was always, well, we want to go with this other guy instead. Mm -hmm. And I it, think that sucks for him. It, it's tough. I think ultimately we, we were going to have that, but mm. COVID just cut the legs out from under yeah, that. Yeah. And he was champion all year in 2020 and did a fantastic job. Carried with it. the company. But like, no one's ever going to go back and watch any of that. You know, I like, it, I, I was saying this on Twitter, just like about a different subject, like the best tag title matches that have been on AEW pay-per-view. I'd say like the second or third best one has been like the FTR Young Bucks match from Full Gear, but I'll never go back and watch it. Because yeah. it's from the cursed era with no fans. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't do it. And I feel the same way about John Moxley, where he, you could make an argument that he was the best AEW world champion for the run that he had there. It wouldn't be the argument I would make, but that run was very special. But it just doesn't feel as special because of the circumstances. Yeah. And I felt like this interim title reign that, that he had was kind of a way to make up for that. Like, this is kind of the run he didn't have, but condensed down into just a couple of months. But really, he should have, like, a run that is just, like, a world-beater 
eight month he's the focus of the show title reign and it's tough when you have a title that is prestigious and you don't want to have a bunch of title changes but there are so many talented guys on your roster it's like well yeah i kind of would like to see brian danielson have a reign as world champion mjf's got to be world champion at some point you would hope that like Maybe someone like a Keith Lee or a Swerve Strickland Wardlow. or Wardlow or any of the various Hook. people. Hook. <laughs> any of the various people that they very immediately. <laughs> immediately. I'll never forgive them for it. There are so many people that should get a run with the belt. And there aren't enough. There isn't enough time for everyone to get a six month run, mm -mm. you yeah. know? And it's tough because I would imagine eventually they'll want to put the title back on Kenny Omega or Hangman Page or mm -hmm. someone like that. And trying to mix all that in with only one world champion, there's a lot of mouths to feed and not enough to go around. So it's it's tough. If Punk comes back, if he ever comes back into the fold, he'll probably be world title. He'll be world champion again at some point. So there's another guy so. and he'll probably get a big lengthy reign as well. Like Punk actually never got the reign that he probably should have had because of the yeah. injury and things like that. Um, I think Pace didn't get the run that he should have had with the belt either. I think from full gear to double or nothing, it was fine, mm -hmm. but it wasn't the run that that storyline kind of maybe deserves. There was moments mm -hmm. of brilliance, I think. He had some really good matches that were just too far apart. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you got this Danielson one, you got this other Danielson one, you like face Lance Archer a little bit in that there. That was a great match. And it was like, all of this stuff is good, but then he wouldn't wrestle for like a month in between the stuff, and it would just be him coming out and occasionally cutting a promo, and we see him every other week. It's like, he doesn't feel important. He's that was a, the thing with him. He's another guy that I don't expect to see. Like, maybe he'll be in the top 10, mm -hmm. but he'll be, like, bottom half yeah. of the top 10. I'm, I Maybe even, like, in that 11th, 12th position. Because I think he had a great start to the year, but since losing the world title, has sort of fallen off the radar mm -hmm. somewhat. Yeah, I think in the case of Hangman Page, it was very frustrating to me where I wouldn't say he had a bad reign by any means because all of his matches were good. Like, you forget, but like he had like a good little match with Dante Martin right match, after yeah. Revolution. Had a great match with Takeshita. That mm -hmm. that was the match that really got people looking at Takeshita all of a yeah. sudden. There were really good moments sprinkled throughout this. But what got everyone to love Hangman Page was his character arc. And that character arc hit a wall mm -hmm. after the Brian feud. Because Brian took out every member of the Dark Order. And then we never saw the Dark Order again. Uh, pa paired with Hangman Page. Like, almost at all. They may have gotten involved a little bit in the finish of, like, Revolution. I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly to fight off Young Bucks. There might have been something there. But the storyline that was Hangman Page and growing as a man and finding his friends who are going to support him, that was the really interesting part that had hooked everybody. The entire time with the Elite story into the Dark Order stuff, that was always the common thread that made Hangman Page's pay-per-view matches mean something. The Matt Hardy match at Revolution 2021, the Brian Cage match, and it just kept building and getting bigger because we were waiting for this thing, and then it happened, and then the storyline disappeared. Yeah, and they started doing something. I mean, we've got way off topic here, but I don't mind. We They started doing something with him and Reynolds. Do you remember mm -hmm. this where like like John Silver, Mini Pete, was being like, hey, I, I think Page is great. And then Reynolds, Mini Pete? Yeah. He's a big lad. Yeah, I mean, he he's Johnny Hungy, but like, I think you're probably taller than him. Ooh, I don't know. I, don't know. I think he's probably about a tie. I'm not a, I'm not a big man. <laughs> about a tie. Yeah. yeah. So we, it really will be a mirror image. <laughs> <laughs>
I ever meet him in person? Yeah. Oh, I'm seeing be, double be, here. Yeah. Four Pete. But yeah. yeah, they start the storyline with Reynolds where like Reynolds didn't trust Paige or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this at the time in my review being like, whatever happened to that storyline? And a chat just popped up being like, oh, they solved it on being the elite. And I was like, oh, for that, I mean, that is fair. That is no, where a lot... No, it's not fair, Tempest. It's not. That stuff, you start storylines on TV, you blow them off on TV. I agree. You don't do them on the YouTube show that does a fraction of the views. I agree, but the like that is what Being the Elite has always been, though. It is where you give time for the storylines that don't have time to be on TV. And, of course, the point then is we'll make time for it on TV. And I agree. Like, I'm sitting here saying that I wish that the Dark Order stuff was on TV. And that's why I didn't think that Hangman Page's story and title reign felt as special as it could have. But at the same time, like, they are still giving it to us. And I know that we as content creators are very busy and don't have time to sit down and watch all the wrestling stuff that we want to. But it's better than not doing it at all. Like, WWE at a time would just forget it and just never mention it again. At least they gave it to us in a certain place where if you do care about it, you can go and find the answer. It's a, it's a step up from what I'd been previously used to, so I'll give them some credit. But I would like to see that sort of thing carried out on TV because, again, most people won't watch it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of my issue I had with it. Taking us back to the, the MJF thing. So... We had a, a, I've got a golden ticket battle royal mm-hmm. on uh, Rampage. I haven't actually looked at any of the spoilers for Rampage at all, so I'll be watching that. I have. I'll be watching that on, well, Saturday morning when I take mm-hmm. the, the kid down before, yeah. uh, you know, uh, in the morning. So I'll watch it then and I'll find out who that is. But that's like, I think that's the next title challenger. Uh, I, I uh, ki- ki- kind of spoilers. Uh, Tony Khan has announced when that match is happening. Uh, okay. Uh, which... Spoilers, it's uh, October 18th, so it's on a dynamite in a couple of weeks. I think that's oh, the Cincinnati, that's the Cincinnati show. show. Oh, my God, that spoils my mm. plans, doesn't it? Yeah. But has it, though? Unless MJF cashes in. MJF, because it's still like a cashing in type but thing. It, but right? it's not a cashing, because Tony Khan said in an interview yesterday that it's not a cash-in. It has to be. Sa- it has to be a sanctioned match by me. He, he he's very unclear with it, because he said, yeah, anytime, any show, he can do it, I'll sanction the match. So, like... So can he cash so, in? So or it not? is a cash in. So it is a cash in, <laughs> yeah. but it's not. He has to it's, just tell him about. I, I don't know. I was fantasy booking in my head while I was watching the um, the Danielson Moxley match because MJF's up there, the big red herring that he is. And there's one point in the match he makes a phone call, and I was like, "What if he's on the phone call to Tony? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's making the match now." Yeah. And then after the match, you'll have the firm run down. They'll lay everyone out, and then the MJF's music hits and be like, I've just spoken with Tony Khan on the mm-hmm. phone yeah. and, I'm, and I've agreed to have this match now. I didn't do that. Um, but like the other side I was going to make was though, the other argument I was going to make was, is what if he just holds onto the chip for ages mm-hmm. and it's just becomes this looming threat. So he doesn't, cause like his whole deal is I want to make myself the biggest bargaining chip in the bidding war for 2024. Mm-hmm. So what if he just holds on to it for a lot of 2023 and like he's waiting is like one of the last moments that he can do it. I, I, there's a looming threat thing you can argue with that. I think it kind of takes away from the ticking time bomb of when do I lose the belt before I go? Mm-hmm. But there is all, I, I kind of like both options in a way. See, I, I, it's never going to happen, but my dream scenario of all this is that he wins it, takes this into the bidding war, doesn't lose it, 
and goes to WWE as world champion to face Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. And you, if they, if anybody can make it happen, if Triple H wants to revolutionize the business at all and open some forbidden door, because they're always like, oh, you know, we're open for it. Business is right. Why not? Tony just made fun of their Saudi shows. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Khan hates WWE because he's not going to stand for this. (laughs) Whatever that means. Whatever it means. Yeah. But if if I'm fantasy booking it, if I'm fantasy in a heavy emphasis on the fantasy, I want MJF to win that championship and hold it until his contract expires. I agree. I think a really fun story is if he's champion and his contract expires, whether whether in reality or not, his contract expires and he is AEW world champion. And they go, uh oh. What love do we to, do? I'd love to see him do the repeat of the punk spot. I was mm-hmm. just about to the, say the blowing kiss. 100%. Tony Khan comes out and tries to screw MJF out the title and then he punches someone. I was gonna Tony say, Schiavone. Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, not Tony again. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem with that storyline, while like, it is a lot of fun, is. In that punk scenario, WWE was the baddie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Vince was the heel in that storyline, and Punk yeah. was the babyface. It's very hard to make AEW the villain mm-hmm. within an AEW storyline because fans love a like AEW fans love AEW. They don't want to boo them. WWE fans don't like what well, at least at this point don't like WWE. Only if the show is in Long Island does that work. Yeah, mm. That's that's the time it works, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's the time. That's it the time works. it works because MGF is a babyface in Long Island. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Like that's the then time they do can it. do that spot. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know how much this is going to carry through because I've had the same thought that Always, AEW was the babyface company and WWE was the heel company, just because how they presented themselves. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan got booed after the all out thing. Like when he made his announcement yeah. of like, here's what we're doing with the titles. Everyone's been stripped. They booed him. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is right after this whole thing has happened. This is not in 2024, which is a long ways away. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how difficult it would be to get people to cheer MJF as he's going to go and just be this renegade world champion mm-hmm. who's be like, I'll take your belt. I don't have to stay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's impossible to do. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. My big uh, fantasy booking I had for MJF. This was like before all the the punk stuff happened. Uh, was that you would have MJF actually go on a babyface run mm-hmm. with the world title? Then, in throughout 2023, he would turn heel because, of course, because screw this company mm-hmm. and I, and I'm going to take the title and I'm going to leave. When you get into the summer of 2023, you have cm punk align with mjf and they become the two-man power trip Mm -hmm. of aew being like screw this company and they both are going to leave in 2024 and then it just becomes this chase of punk and mjf versus the elite of who can get the belt back Mm -hmm. and like and you can do the final big hangman page is the only one who can get the belt off and what maybe kenny omega or something like that the only one who can get the belt off him by the end like punk is also tnt champion and they're both the tag team champions all this sort of stuff i had this whole thing mapped out in my head and all out happened and then (laughs) and all all that happened i was like well i guess we'll just do something else then yeah Yeah. I, i think on the the subject of mgf holding on to the chip for as long as possible I think the storyline can work, but you have to be very, very careful with it because if you're not careful with it and he just he isn't still a featured presence all the time and he's still having matches and all that stuff, it can just lose the momentum that he currently has yeah. because he's white hot right now. People really want to see what MJF is doing. You know, we can make news stories about what is MJF doing on this show? People are so expecting to see what he's going to do next now that he's won the chip. And if he just holds on to it, everyone's going to go, Okay, I'm waiting for something to happen now. Austin Theory. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, Austin Theory is... I mean, Austin Theory was never in the right position to hold the Money in the Bank briefcase anyway because of how he'd been presented on TV. Mm-hmm. And now he's just got the briefcase and is just still just losing on TV. When he ran down at SummerSlam, I don't think anyone really believed he was going to cash in. I don't think anyone really believed at Clash of the Castle either. They're like... Like well, in the case of like, if he cashes in, he's going to win. Like he just doesn't mm. feel like a featured guy. And actually, now I think a lot of people might forget that he's the money in the bank holder. Mm-hmm. That's the worry that you might have with MJF and the chip if you hold on to this for a mm-hmm. while. I also, I mean, I know I was one of the presented the idea. I don't think he's going to because his whole storyline at the moment is with him and Marks. Mm. So mm-hmm. unless you transition MJF into another storyline. That's the only way I suppose you can get round that and have him hold on to the ship for a while. 
Yeah. It's difficult to say because, you know, we saw on Dynamite this this week that uh, MJF at least seemingly set up a match with Wheeler Yuta. But that's obviously, I wouldn't think, a long-term thing. That is the thing to tide him over until you get to the Mox match. It's him feuding with Blackpool Combat Club. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I don't know what you could do in that case. And I don't think it's as big of an issue, but I do think you need to be cognizant of, well, there needs to be some sort of parameters for this chip. Like, other people will win this chip, and Uh they get the title shot, like, on the next big pay-per-view or on the next special or something like that. And if it just kind of becomes like, no, this is actually my Money in the Bank briefcase with no expiration date on it, I can hold on to this however long I want until when I want I do think that then becomes like a continuity thing. And those are the sort of things that AEW has been pretty good of cleaning up and keeping track of. So I don't think it's like a big worry yet, but I do think it's something that they need to have in the back of their mind. Some clarity on what the rules of the chip are Mm -hmm. would be so helpful in this. And I guess like they haven't done it because we've never found ourselves in this situation before. Yeah. But I guess if you now are putting yourself in this situation, you do need to make that clear. Yeah. I actually was thinking about this when I was watching Dynamite, that if if you are going to a AEW show for the first time and you don't really watch a lot of the TV, when they do a Ring of Honor match, they have a 20-second count-out. Mm-hmm. It's not a 10-second count-out. Mm. And they say that on commentary, but it's never said like in the like introduction. So if you're a new fan and someone's on the outside for 12 seconds, you're like, why is this still going on? Mm-hmm. Because the match I saw previously only had a 10 second count out spot. Yep. And there's that level of clarity on like what the rules are just so that everyone is on the same page and we're all singing from the same hymn sheets. Yeah. I, I also think that in general, a lot of stuff, especially when they're doing uh, like emergency backup plans or whatever, they don't have a great track record of explaining stuff like the the tournament where after a punk got injured and they're like so we're gonna have <laughs> <laughs> oh pete moxley's ranked number one it's really quite simple, <laughs> quite simple. <laughs> was missing mike to name don west <laughs> we're gonna have battle royals we're gonna have tournaments and, and moxley's gonna be that also forbidden door it was it was a lot and uh, people were like wait what afterwards so i think that yeah some clarity would be great would was it, it Tanahashi and Goto that had the match in New Japan? Yeah. Yes. It was like, hey, this is for the main event. I was like, no. It was like, it's just Tanahashi, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. We already know this. Mm-hmm. No, I was really excited to make a video essay about how CM Punk's return to AEW led to Hiroki Goto being <laughs> AEW world champion. <laughs> and it's about time. About damn time. Love That's Hiroki great. Goto. He's great. So, yeah, I... I think full gear feels like the most likely scenario for mm-hmm. mjf unless it is like a special episode of dynamite bear in mind as well moxley was supposed to be on a big vacation yeah he was mm-hmm. supposed to be off like in this period of time and the goddamn world champion again sorry renee <laughs> sorry yeah sorry renee and child yeah. mm-hmm. dad's got to work i guess i i kind of i i think he's earned a bit of time off mm-hmm. so a short title reign isn't the worst thing but i do keep coming back to this i want Mox to have that run because mm-hmm. you're like you're right. You mentioned he had that run in 2020, and you think back to the great matches he had with that Eddie Kingston, mm-hmm. Brody Lee match was awesome, and all this the MJF match, mm-hmm. and I really liked that storyline. And the MJF match in uh, All Out 2020 was great. Mm-hmm. And that Don't get Jake Hager, yeah, I like match you. He had. that empty arena match. Mm-hmm. They're all empty arenas, you bellends. <laughs> <laughs> We're all at home, <laughs> but I'd I'd like to see him get that. 
but with us there. Because, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, like it's... And, th- and this might be more of a, th- a thing for you to answer this, Tempest. But you remember when, when Kenny basically was like, now nah, I'm leaving New Japan now, like I'm, I'm done. And they were like, well, quickly, put the belt on Hiroshi Tanahashi because yes. that, mm-hmm. that's Mr. Reliable. Like, w- there's sort of feeling around that time which is like, ah, well, he's not going to hold it for very long, though. It's just like, he's, he's our Captain Reliable. Sort of, yeah. I mean, that was an interesting time because it was right before the Madison Square Garden show. Mm-hmm. And the big plan at the time was to do Omega Okada in, the, in Madison Square Garden, which would have been, been the, the big match. The, <sighs> I can't even imagine what that match would have been in front of that crowd. Mm. But as soon as Kenny was going to leave, because of course the long-term plan was to do Omega and Ibushi the following year at the Tokyo Dome. I'm still upset about it. But as soon as it was okay, so, Kenny's so gonna... what you're saying is that Tony Khan is really ruining wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's ruined everything. He's ruined <laughs> New Japan for me, and I in all fairness, not totally forgiven him. New Japan. They, has they, really suffered because yes, AEW's formed. Yes, they, they've also. This is a completely separate podcast topic, but they're 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 at fault for a lot of their own <laughs> oh, shortcomings yeah, yeah, yeah. at this at yeah. this point as well. Pandemic as well. There's yes. a lot of factors going into it. Come on, guys. Evil though. Yeah, my point yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But sorry, Tempest. No, like my my point in in all of that was that. You put it on Tanahashi because I think at that point they were like, oh, well, I guess he's got to win it because he's the he's the match at the Tokyo Dome and Mm -hmm. Kenny's not coming back after that. So you put the title on him and then they looked around for the nearest available white man (laughs) and went, "Okay, that's going to be our champion in Madison Square Garden because you need a foreign star to go into the U.S. shows, which they did not seem to understand that fans just wanted New Japan stuff. Yeah, because my mind at the time was okay, what's the next best thing from doing Omega Okada in the, G- in the G1 Supercard? Do Okada Tanahashi in the G1 Supercard. That is a match that the New Japan fans that are there at WrestleMania weekend would love to see just as much as that one. Mm-hmm. And I love the Jay White Okada match at that show. That was one of the great matches of that year. Another fantastic match. Both men have had so many great matches. It was not the match that the people were going to pay to see. They'd already sold the tickets. And I didn't understand the reasoning behind the, the wrong reasoning in my mind, why you wouldn't just give Tanahashi your ace another, albeit it still would have been a short run, but a run. Yeah. I would much prefer having that six week run that he had. And I don't even know if it was that long, but it was short. Take that and just make it a three month run. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is where we're kind of at with this Moxley deal, where yeah. if he has another six-week run here, or two-month run in this case, I don't know if it'll negatively impact him at all, but I would like to see him be champion and have a run that is his, that's that, not overshadowed yeah. by anything. That's the question I was going to ask. Like, if Mox loses, say it's in a couple of weeks in the, in the Cincinnati show, or it's at full gear, does that hurt Mox in, in any way because it is such a short reign? I think that the damage has already been done because he won here in the it's always the circumstances of him winning where you go like right but this isn't a real win like the interim one and this one yeah the interim one and this one and then the other one was like and now pandemic so it didn't feel like a proper run so there's always something that's sullying the waters surrounding mox's title reign god's sake sullivan yeah i know (laughs) god's sake sullivan uh so i i think the damage is already there unless he goes on like a six month tear at this point with this rain 
then I think that's that's okay. I just don't see that happening. <laughs> what if Mox wins? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are so many different directions they could go with all of this. And yeah, we all look at, and again, might be another red herring at this point, that Mox was due a vacation after this whole ordeal, this whole world championship situation. At the same time, I could absolutely see him looking at it and be like, I always wanted to be the top guy in WWE. I should have been the top guy in WWE. I'm the top guy here. I have to carry this banner. Screw a vacation. I'm going on another run. Mm -hmm. I could totally see that happening. Oh, yeah. I still think he is due a vacation. He deserves a vacation. But that is top guy shit. That is, you are the ace of this promotion. Put the company on my back. I will carry it. I don't know that that's going to happen. But I could see a world in which he just has another run here. For three to six months? I don't know. Yeah, I I think I'd like that because my kind of so I'll piggyback on something of Pete was saying there, which is that like his title runs, this last two in particular, have been like the well, yeah, you, you got it because yeah. circumstances, mm -hmm. right? Like what I then don't want is him to lose it again really quickly. It might just hurt the fourth run. Mm. And like, oh, is it if just he gets one. if he gets one, and then all of his title runs have just been like a yeah. But like, if it's the fourth one, it's just like, well, like, am I really as invested in this fourth time round? Mm -hmm. You, you know, you being the world champion of this company, because the last couple of times I saw it, it was barely was a run of much. Because while I love the interim run, there was the CM Punk thing hanging over it, and it was just like, yeah, well, you're just holding on to this until Punk comes back. Yeah, and this one here is just like, well, you're just holding on to this until MJF wins, and we do the big MJF storyline in 2023. Like, I, it kind of sucks for him in a way. Boy, if we could not just like go back like an hour before everything happened and be like, no, you know what? Let's just have Moxley beat Punk it all out. Yeah. Mm. If he just won that match and this was a nonstop continuous run, I mean, I think it would have made the the run a lot better. But of course, mm. hindsight is twenty twenty, exactly. and that that's not the right decision to make on that night. You know, for Punk in his hometown and everything, until you know that Punk's gonna go nuts at a press conference. Like I, I still think, and I maintain, that Dynamite match should have just been done at All Out. Yep. And mm -hmm. done the exact same thing you did on Dynamite, but mm -hmm. you did it at the pay-per-view. Would have been what huge. a talking point it would have been. Mm. Such a huge talking point. It I mean, actually, it wouldn't have overshadowed any of the 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 media conference stuff, because yeah. it was it was what it was and mm. and the, the the backstage fight and the, and the binding and everything but like <laughs> i still think it would have been a big talking point coming out of all out i mean if mox wins does punk get put on the podium at all mm. yeah does, uh, does he get an uh, an opportunity to speak and and lose his mind i don't uh, I mean, probably I, give, maybe give, but given, we're getting into real hypotheticals here say, given how much punk had planned out what yeah. he was going to be doing reportedly so uh, I mean, I, I'd like to say reportedly so just to kind of cover our bases, but yeah. I think it's pretty clear. Like, yeah. he literally I like, I like pointed it. to the guy to be like, hey, you do stand up with uh, Cole Cabana. I've got to talk about this now. Yeah. He would have convinced Tony to put him up on the podium. I, I think so. But, yeah. but, yeah. Then, but then, but then, but then, interesting uh, <laughs> alternate timeline stuff. If Punk had been squashed in his match by Mox and then went nuts in a press conference afterwards, we'd be like, "Was that because he's frustrated with it's his booking in AEW?" Oh work. yeah, no, I, like, yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just frustrations boiling over, yeah, or yeah, it's yeah. the it's all the work. I mean, granted, Ollie Davis did sit here on the All Out review, being like, I "Don't know if it's a work." <laughs> 
It's like, oh, all the, it's like all that MJF stuff was a work as well, was it? Oh, eh? so much of a work. So man. much of a work. God. I've seen the plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's real. It's all Photoshop, Luke. It's all Photoshop. <laughs> you can do anything on the internet yeah, these days. exactly. So um, maybe we'll draw this to a close. Um, actually, just before we do, can we have just a quick, immediate reactions? Mm. War games. War games. War games. War games back in November. Good. Big thumbs up for me, mate. It's not Raw versus SmackDown. Unless it is, Pete. No, I think he said that it's not, right? Yeah, he said that it's not. He could be lying. He might do it anyway. I mean, I've never heard Triple H say a lie before. No, that's true. Not once. Man to save you. But War Games, I think is good. That was going to be our original, like title for this video we were going to do like mm. predicting war games maybe we'll do that like as next week's video or a video sure. down the line and stuff like maybe closer towards the time but there are so many interesting avenues mm-hmm. that you can take down with with war games you literally God. announced one thing and it's like oh survivor series is interesting again dude genuinely when we did the channel update video and we were talking about like how we're not going to be doing b pay-per-views we're just going to do the big five and i said we'll do survivor series unless of course survivor series is what it has been for the last couple of years and then maybe we'll drop survivor series and do something else and everyone in the comments was like you may as well drop survivor a series like, yeah. like i like i had the best time for the 2021 mm. one because we had yeah. the golden egg and it was the most fun stream i think i've ever been a part it's of so dumb but the pay-per-view was garbage was so bad and so pointless yeah but this now with just the announcement that it's not about brand supremacy which never really was a thing anyway you know what pay-per-view got cut Bragging rights. Bragging rights. Because no one cared. Yeah. I don't know. You got flags in that. <laughs> <sighs> trophies and shit, Tempest. Like, what more yeah. do you want? There's a big trophy that could just stay in Teddy Long's <laughs> office for a exactly. year. Exactly. It's that big green belt that Braun won. Oh. When's that belt coming back? God. When's he going to defend that belt? Yeah. But, like, I just think the idea that just the just this mere mention of, like, we're doing war games on the main roster. And it's Survivor Series, and it now means something. I'm like, cool, Great. can't wait for Survivor Series now. Mm-hmm. I I do not give a toss about Extreme Rules. No. Like, I really don't. I'm now just looking ahead to, I suppose in a way, Crown Jewel, because it's always a bonkers affair. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. Yeah. Like, it's just one of the worst things written down on paper. But, you know, it's a Crown Jewel show. It makes sense. But I'm just looking ahead to Survivor Series being like, that's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, and this is kind of peeling back the curtain somewhat, it might be our next live show. Mm-hmm. Like, we have seriously talked about it, like, because it's such an exciting concept. Yeah. I was like, maybe that's our next watch party we do. Mm-hmm. I would just do, like, our first our first testing of the waters for what a night one looks like. Survivor Series is, like, the best option. Yeah. You know they're going to do something fun, something big for the first ever WWE Ward Games match. Uh-huh. Ooh, I'm so excited. Like, I remember yeah, it was like literally 12 years ago or something where it was like, oh, Triple H wants to do war games at Survivor Series. And I was like, that's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't do it. Because, yeah. well, Vince's argument was, I've got to have two rings. That's less seats to sell. That's a WCW idea. And it's pal. a WCW idea, pal. Yeah, there's that. But like, hey, I mean, if we're doing this, maybe we could bring back World War Three. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I'd love a three ring, 60 man battle royal. Do a triple cage match. Screw yeah. it. Oh, the Tower of Doom match. Yeah. 
What other WCW concepts could Triple H bring back? Judy, Judy Bagwell, Bagwell on a pole. pole. Yes, Tempest. No, Thank Luke you very much. No, guys, the one you're missing is a monster truck match. Yes. <laughs> and the giant fell off of Cobalt Hall. He still won. Yeah. He came <laughs> he, back. He fell in the water. He fell in the water, and then the yes, he came out and helped him. Yep. It, it was perfectly fine, Tempest. I don't know what you're worried about. But that monster truck match that they both went broom. They both went broom broom. They did go broom broom. They went broom broom. And they would and then just stayed there for ages <laughs> while lots of repping noises happen. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. That is one of the highlighted matches on the Big Show's WWE DVD. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I was actually more surprised the Big Show had a DVD, but yeah. it shouldn't come with that much spicy. He was there for a while. A Giants World. <laughs> Great. Yep. With a one hour documentary. What is the most, well, we're at the seven in a second. What's the most surprising? DVD you've seen WW release. Do you remember there's that period of time when they were just releasing like 10 a month? Mm-hmm. It's the most surprising one you've ever seen. Mm. Oh, I had a I bought a lot. Um, <laughs> there's somewhere it's just like, you really thought that needed a DVD, huh? We're scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit here. Yeah. It was like the best of Madison Square Garden was one. It was like all the best stuff from Madison Square Garden is either like three different shows from the last 20 years. Or it's like 60 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, God. That that might be up there. When they just randomly released a, a Goldberg collection, and it was just like a bunch of the same match over and over yeah, and over that again. That was up there. One of the ones that really shocked me, not so much the DVD itself, but an inclusion on the DVD, was uh, it was on one of the Hulk Hogan anthology DVDs. It was his, was it the XWF? Was mm. the promotion that he tried to launch? Well, like mm. he didn't try to launch Jimmy Hart and the Nasty Boys tried to launch. Sure. Yeah. And he was just a part of it. And they did they did like a, a bunch of shows and then sold some DVDs. That match, the only match Hogan had in his XWF run is on a WWF DVD. Yeah. It's really Wild. weird. Yeah, I, I just put the uh, AAA Win Worlds Collide uh, pay-per-view on my list of the 10 most important pay-per-views ever. You know, the Rey Mysterio's match from that show, a AAA show, a company that's still in existence, is just on his WWE DVD. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. The, the, uh, the 619... Uh, Oh, God, I don't remember what the... They were going to say, six were on a pole match for a second. No, <laughs> no but it's just like, that's odd. Yeah. They don't do that anymore, do yeah. they? It's yeah. I, I I did like uh, the rise and fall of WCW. Mm. It's just a big lie. It's just one, yeah. one big lie. And Mike Graham sitting there being like, hey, do you know who invents WCW? Me. Yep. <laughs> Those those were always my fit. No, my my favorite was probably the like 100 most OMG moments yes, or whatever. The OM- no, I will I will defend the OMG DVD. William Regal truly was an OMG moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I only uh, I only harp on it for the sole reason that they had a full entry dedicated to Tim White trying to off himself <laughs> in a WWE.com web series where Josh Matthews had to just repeatedly talk Tim White out of offing yeah, himself yeah, yeah. in very elaborate ways like running into a giant fan yeah well you know it truly was an OMG, an OMG moment. Moment. <laughs> yeah and punk's oh my like, god it was like the bumper that went between it was them. so obnoxious oh my oh god oh my god i think i watched it on netflix <laughs> <laughs> netflix first came over and the WWE dvds were just on there mm-hmm. what a time uh two final thoughts about stuff that we're supposed to be oh, talking okay, sorry. about <laughs> two final thoughts war games uh it's where the bloodline should turn on Sami Zayn. uh and MJF's first challenger after he wins a title should be Wardlow and he should win. There you go. That's my two things. Two thoughts. Interesting. Actually, I like, yeah, Wardlow's a great first challenger for MJF. 
That's a brilliant first chain. And MJF version. wins. Yeah. Um, I just to counter your bloodline argument, mm. I think it is uh, the bloodline. It's four on four, so it's mm-hmm. bloodline versus Sammy, KO, Drew, and. Oh, they turned him before. Turned him mm. before. Mm-hmm. So it's Sammy going up against them in the, and then you set up for do the tag match at Royal Rumble. That's cool. Kevin could, and the could do uh, that. Could yeah. do that. I just, I just don't know who the fourth person is in my on my good guy team. Sammy Ko Drew. I just don't know who my my fourth Mad one is. Cat Moss. <laughs> Steph. <laughs> um. <laughs> He's the John Moxley of WWE. <laughs> in case of emergency, break glass and Mad Cat. And <laughs> oh, let's just say Mad Cat Moss. <laughs> the thing what? is. We'll play this back a couple months later. We'll be like, well, Pete was right, wasn't he? Yeah. Mad what? Cat Moss was in war games. What if, what if you do an injury angle to somebody beforehand? Like you take Jimmy Uso out of this match mm. and Sami Zayn is on the bloodline team and he's the one that loses the match for them. Love it. Yeah. Love it. It's also that. Or you do it as a five on five and you can have all the bloodline because you can have all four of the, the well, the Uso, Solus Cohen, Roman, and then Sammy versus Team Good Guy. Mm-hmm. But then we've got to find two Mad Cat Mosses. Yeah. Mad Three, Cat in Moss. fact, because I've only got Kevin <laughs> and Drew. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be. I'm going to be very Str- curious. Street profits, I guess. Mm. I'll be very curious to see what rules they want to adhere to. Like, mm. if this is NXT rules, War Games, NXT which is rules. just a cage yeah, match. Yeah, it's, it's a double it's cage a, match. It's a double yeah. cage match. If they do, like, you have to quit or submit or whatever on behalf of your team, I think that's a really interesting thing for Sammy to cost them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they won't. It'll be, it'll be, no, the, it'll be, NXT it'll be the NXT We'll see. Game, Triple yeah. H always wanted a roof on the cage. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll see. play. Also play this back in two months' time. Mm-hmm. But I hope it's more Pete's thing than it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we've got time for on this edition of the Blackpool Content Club. Thank you so much for watching the Rest Top Podcast channel. Please do give us a thumbs up button, press subscribe if you haven't already. There's an audio podcast version of this as well. If you are a, a listener of podcasts, audio, audio podcasts in your ears on your mobile phone devices. I've been Luke Owen, D-A-D, that has been Chopper Pete Quinnell, this has been Tempest, your Jam That Champion, and that was wrestling. Jam That Jam. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 